So we're going to start uh, a new series in the book of Philippians. It's a wonderful um, uh, book. Um, so, um, and I would encourage you in the next uh, week, if you can, just to just to spend a few moments just reading it through. It's quite short, only four chapters. Um, and uh, no doubt, as we go in, you'll get a, a greater idea of, of uh, what the book is about. Um, but one of the things that as you read it, you'll come across is, is the, the, the warmth and the affection that Paul has for this Philippian church. And he's writing this letter um, with gratitude in his heart for them. They've given him a gift. He wants to thank them for it. <clears throat> and so there is really a very close relationship uh, between Paul, uh, although he's, he's, he's not there, he's in, he's in Rome, he's in prison, but he's writing this letter. Um, and, and with this, this fledgling, this new church that he is uh, trying to encourage. And, uh, and throughout the, the letter, there is this, this sense of joy, this relationship, this love, and it's not only there, but it's also seen in Paul's relationship with Jesus. So it's a, it's a wonderful book. It's a really encouraging book. So I hope as we go through it, you will um, re really find out an encouragement um, as, we, as we share um, some of the thoughts from it. I want to start with just a, a bit of background. And I'm going to share my screen on this. I'm not going to share it for long, but uh, just want to um, uh, just... Just give a little bit of context, really. Um, let me just do that. Okay, so hopefully you can see that. Um, so this uh, Philippi is a church that Paul um, planted uh, on his second missionary journey. Paul went around a number of places and a number of times um, preaching the good news as, as was his call by Jesus and uh, and he went to Philippi and planted a church and and the wonderful thing about Philippi is that this was the first church planted in Europe you can see from Jerusalem and Antioch these were the two major bases of the the apostles in um, in the early church and he went out from there and uh, as you can see Philippi is sort of on the way to Rome um, and uh, into the rest of Europe and so it was a really important um, a really important staging point, point. and it's so encouraging for us, uh, you know, in the in the uh, Europe, uh, to know that actually this was the start of what was going to happen to bring the good news of Jesus all the way, uh, you know, into Europe and then up, obviously up to up to to the UK, and um, and so uh, uh, Paul went there. Um, uh, if you re read uh, the account in the Book of Acts. Um, he, uh, he, he went to Philippi and the, the first convert that he had was Lydia. Uh, she was a, a God-fearer, we're told, so a, a Jewish convert, a Gentile, but a Jewish convert. And he spoke to her about Jesus and uh, she uh, and her household became uh, followers of Jesus. And a bit later on in, in, in that account in Acts, we also read of Paul uh, healing a, a slave girl of a demon. And, um, and that causing a real problem for them. They were thrown in prison because of the, the loss of income. And, uh, and also you'll, you'll recall, if you remember that story in Acts, um, where at midnight they're in prison, they're praising, they're singing hymns to God, and God sends an earthquake and, um, and opens up the prison doors. And the, uh, the, the jailer is so concerned that everyone's going to escape that he's about to kill himself, he draws his sword. And, uh, and Paul says, no, 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 don't do that. We're still here. Uh, no one's escaped. 
and he uh, uh, led obviously the, the jailer and his whole household to, to Christ. And so here we have a fledgling church. We've got uh, Lydia, we've got the slave girl probably would have, would have come along. Um, and then we've got the Philippian jailer. And so there was a, uh, even in the early church here, it was a very mixed uh, group of people. Um, now, Philippi itself was a quite a wealthy town, um, populated by some uh, lots of ex-Roman soldiers who had uh, stayed loyal to the emperor and were given uh, favor and land in the area. Um, but they would have had a lot of, um, of slaves and servants. And so the, a lot of the population of Philippi would have been um, fairly poor. Uh, there would have been a lot of traders there as it was on a main trade route between Rome and, and the East. Um, and so it was a real cosmopolitan, really mixed place. Um, population, we think, uh, scholars think of around 10 to 15,000. And what I love about it is that, it, you know, you could argue that it's quite similar to, to the area we live in, um, quite cosmopolitan, um, whether, whether Plumstead is seen as a trade route, I'm not sure, uh, but um, still a, a, a place that has a real mix of people, some, some relatively well-off and quite a lot of less well-off people. And so this was uh, the church that uh, Paul founded. Um, and, and by all accounts, it was quite a poor church, but a very generous one. And, and Paul had a real affection for this church. And, uh, uh, and so he wrote, was writing from, from Rome uh, in prison there. Uh, the other thing we know about the church was that it was under great pressure and under persecution. And it, Paul references that later on. And uh, the, the nature of this persecution and, and um, pressure is not really uh, explained a great deal. But, but one of the things that it could have been, and, and scholars uh, think this is one of the issues that uh, Paul was trying to address, was um, because the, the, the main occupants or the, 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 the wealthy occupants of the town were, were loyal to the emperor, Caesar, um, there was at that time a godlike, a godlike, um, uh, a godlike um, what do you call it, uh, was, was assigned uh, to, uh, to the emperor. So he was seen as a god. And in fact, they would have called him their lord and saviour. Um, and, uh, and it would have been quite public worship of the emperor that was performed. Um, and therefore, if you didn't join in with that, uh, it would have probably been seen and noticed. And it was quite possible that because the, the early Christians didn't join in with that, that they were suffering persecution which could have been um, that the church was threatened with closure, that they lost their jobs and so on and so forth. And yet it was in this context that this little church uh, started to, uh, to grow and to, and to, and to, to thrive. And, um, and so it's not surprising in the letter that Paul talks a lot about Jesus being Lord and Saviour, helping the church to, to differentiate between Caesar, who is a, a man, and Jesus, who is, is God. So that is a, um, uh, a little uh, idea that, that this is what a, uh, you know, a, an artist impression of what the city would have looked like. It was right by a hill in the plains. Um, there was an Acropolis at the, at the top of the hill, um, uh, a centre of, of uh, probably worship, um, 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 heathen worship, and, uh, and also of, uh, of government as well, and various other bits and pieces. It's... Um, uh, who, who knows exactly what it's like. There, there are remains um, of, of Philippi in, 
Uh, it's actually in Greece. Um, so if you ever wanted to, to go there and have a look at what, what, it, uh, what it might have been looked like, you can, you can um, when lockdown's over, you can pop over there. Okay, so that's just a, a, a brief background of, of uh, Philippi and, and the early church. And I just want to look now at the first few verses of the first chapter. So we're going to read those together. Um, so it says there, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Now I'm gonna stop sharing. That was the uh, extent of my um, slides today. So I just want to just pick up on just a couple of points that come from those verses. And the first one uh, really is to do with how Paul introduces himself. And he says there, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. And as soon as I read that, I thought that's quite an interesting explanation. That Paul, first and foremost, calls himself and Timothy a servant. And, uh, and we, we might find that a little bit interesting. Surely, Paul, you're a son. Surely, uh, Jesus is your brother and, and God is your father. That is what uh, really, um, you know, defines you, if you like. And, and of course, we speak a lot about the fact that we are sons and daughters of the king, that we are adopted in his family. And that's, of course, very true. But Paul here is saying something else. He's saying, yeah, but I'm also a servant. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And it's important to, uh, the Bible often try, uh, helps or uh, challenges us to hold two truths that seem a little bit opposite to each other in tension, that we hold these things together. And it's important that we understand um, Paul's relationship with Jesus. He calls himself a servant. And yet when you read through the letter, we see that Paul has such a, an amazing relationship with Jesus. Um, just, uh, just look at um, uh, some famous verses in chapter 1, verse, two, one uh, verse 21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. It says in 123, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. And in 3 uh, verse 8, it says, I consider everything a loss compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You see, Paul had this amazing relationship with Jesus. And he saw that, that his death would be gained for him because you know, we think of heaven and we might think of heaven as a wonderful place of provision and joy and hope and happiness and, and love and, and all that. And, 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 it, and it is. Paul's primary view of heaven is this. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be next to him. I'm going to be close to him. I'm going to be right with him. That was what Paul was, was looking forward to above everything else. And so he had this amazing, close, loving joyous relationship with Jesus and yet he still called himself a servant of Jesus Christ. Now you might, uh, I might think about uh, 
you know, our own work. And we think, you know, I, in many ways, am a servant of Transport for London. They pay my wages. I work for them. Um, and many of you have, have got jobs and you work for your employers and your organisations. But I suspect very few of us um, in our downtimes uh, would, be, would, uh, would long, uh, when we're not being paid, just to be with our employer. I suspect that wouldn't be the case for most of us. And yet Paul here is saying, my employer, if you want to use that term, the one I serve, I want to be with him all the time. I want to be close to him. I don't want to. And so, and so it's a very different understanding of servanthood than perhaps we might interpret. And this is where it's so important for us to understand. We are servants, but we're servants of someone who, with whom we have an intimate relationship with. And it's important we get it that way round. And I think Jamie was alluding to this when, when he was talking about striving. If we see Jesus as, as just Lord, and he is Lord, without having that relationship, we will strive to please him. We will strive to, 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 uh, to, 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 to make him like us, if you like. Whereas if we serve in uh, the one who loves us, if we serve the one who, with whom we have this intimate, loving relationship, we will do so with joy and with willingness and with, with uh, just with exuberance, if you like, because of that relationship. And this is what Paul uh, was, was alluding to. But it is very important. It is very important that we do understand that we are servants. And servants are about obedience to the one who we are working for and, uh, and, and employed by, if, if, if using that expression. And it's important that as Christians, and, and when we talk about our Christianity, and when we talk about it with, with those that we want to in, uh, uh, introduce to Christianity, that we, we do so with this understanding. Because I, I've come across many, um, many Christians that, that love the idea of, of this relationship with Jesus and this walking with him. And yet when it comes to challenging the way we behave or the way we act or what we do, they find that difficult. Um, and we, you know, we perhaps all do, because actually, not only are we sons and daughters, but we're also servants. We're also those have been called to follow and to do uh, in, in, in obedience to Christ. And so these things need to be held in tension. And it's important that we, you know, that you know, because sometimes we are asked to do stuff which is painful. Paul, because he served Jesus, was in prison. The Philippians, because they were serving Christ, were under persecution and being tested. And it can be so easy for us to think, well, I didn't sign up to this. I didn't sign up uh, to, you know, I, I signed up to just having a wonderful relationship with Jesus. And it's all going to be good. And I'm, it's going to be, you know, uh, wonderfully calm and easy for the rest of my life. That's not what Jesus promises us. And so understanding servanthood and obedience helps us to see that actually God calls us at times to go through difficult times. He did for Paul, and yet he doesn't do it at a distance. He says, I'm going to be right near you. I want you to know my love. I want you to experience my, the relationship with me. But actually, as servants, you're going to be called to do stuff which is tricky and hard at times. So it's important that we gain that as, as an understanding of what our, our faith is about and 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 like. Um, I want to go on to, to look at 
the, the next verses that Paul talks about. And Paul knew his call as a servant was to preach the good news. And what he was so pleased about with the uh, Philippian church was that they had understood Paul's call, but they'd also understood it, it was their call as well. So if we read that again in verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for you, um, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul had recognized in the Philippians that they had grasped this whole thing of servanthood. They've grasped the relationship with Jesus, but actually they were also partners with Paul in preaching and spreading the gospel. Now, they weren't all called to go around the country and, uh, and go into different towns and cities and, and preach the good news and establish churches, but they were called to partnership with the gospel. They recognized that their role, what God had called them to, was to bring about the kingdom of God. They did it in the way that God had called them to do. They were praying for Paul. They were giving to Paul. They were establishing this church. They were working in a community that was challenging. Um, so that is what their call was. And they, they were partners in the gospel. And that is our call as well. Each of us are called to be partners in the gospel. We each have a different calling. We each have a different role to play. But we're all called to be servants of Jesus and to be partners in that gospel. It may be creating a, an air, a, a place um, where people can come and encounter God. You know, as we de develop our relationship with Jesus, so we can share that with others. And they can, too, come into this understanding and uh, recognition of the, the wonderful relationship we can have with Jesus. It may be through giving, it may be through going out and, and speaking to our neighbours and friends, which I guess all of us are called to do. And it may be working with different areas of the church, but we're all, and everyone on this call, everyone on this Zoom is called to be part of that in some shape or form. We are partners with others in the gospel, in seeing the gospel spread and seeing the gospel um, thrive and it's important to see us that that God has called us each of us to the obedience of the faith that says actually I'm involved in what you've called us to do Jesus and I want to get involved in that whatever that looks like for you whatever that is and each of us have got a different role to play we are all called to be partners in the gospel and the final thing I want to to, to say is really from from verse six uh, uh, and this is this is it it says being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of christ now the important thing about this verse is that if this is uh, in fact the whole letter really something i meant to say at the beginning the letter is written to the church it's not to an individual and the whole context of the letter is to the church and to encourage the church in what they're doing and how they're living. Now, this verse I've often uh, heard quoted for individuals, and I've used it in myself, that he who began a good work in you will bring it on to completion. And that's absolutely right. But actually, Paul was writing to the church. He is saying to them, look, 
God started something in you. When I was there, I planted this church and I, I saw Lydia and, and the Philippian jailer and the slave girl. I saw them happening. And now you're under pressure. Now you're being pressed back. But be, take good heart. God started something in you. He's going to complete it. He's going to do something amazing. Now, the reality of it is they were under a great deal of pressure. But um, archaeology, jolly cool, I can't even say that, evidence says that a church was established in Philippi that probably lasted at least a thousand years. Now, that is incredible. Um, and it grew to quite an influential church, certainly in the Roman Empire. And probably, and again, there's no real evidence, uh, real, uh, but, but the archaeologists believe that probably the church finished when uh, Philippi itself was abandoned as a, as a, as a uh, place to live. So in fact, what God, what Paul said about this church was so true that even though it was small and, and, and poor and suffering, God has something amazing for it. And I want us to just uh, sort of to end with to encourage us that that is true for us as well. That God some, started something in CCK and he is going to complete it. And he has got a role for you in that to see it come to fruition and to see it flourish. One of the problems, I think, with lockdown is that we can see this as a, a time of pause, if you like, for the church. That actually, you know, we were doing all right and then suddenly this, this has caused us to sort of stop and we've sort of been stuck in this in this sort of area and we're just longing and, and I guess we are we're, we're, we're longing for for lockdown to finish but actually this verse encourages actually know what actually in this time God has been at work in us God has been doing stuff in us such that when we come out of this we are going to be different to when we went into it we are going to be uh, more equipped and stronger and one of the things we've seen even during this time is more and more contributions and people bringing stuff that have been such a blessing. We had it this morning and we've had it each of the mornings. And, and so God, in his wisdom, has, has, has started something and continued it during this time. And we need to see that as, a, as an encouragement that God is all about seeing the church grow and build. And I want us to, just as, as we finish, just to be encouraged that, again, each of us have a part to play in that we have a, a part to see the church grow and flourish uh, as, we, as we give ourselves into it. It might be within uh, the groups that, we, uh, that we're part of or, or that we're leading. It might be within the youth or the, or the young people. It's certainly in prayer for each other. It's certainly in giving. Um, God spoke to us uh, a number of years ago about looking east. And of course we have amongst us uh, the Nepalese community and John and Hector leading that, and, and, and God has got a purpose for us in that, whether it's uh, personally being involved in that, or whether it's but through uh, prayer and encouragement of John and Hector and the community, or whether it's giving to it. We believe God maybe have a wider uh, call for us in terms of perhaps reaching out into Nepal and so on. Uh, and so, um, and then there's other things that we're doing, like little fires. Each of us have a role to play in seeing this church grow and God is calling us and saying look I've started something I'm, I'm calling you as my dearly loved sons but also my uh, those that are servants of Jesus Christ to be involved in that and to give yourself yeah it may be hard it may be difficult at times but I'm going to be with you and I want to encourage you that you have a purpose that I'm going to fulfill in this community in this area that I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to be involved with 
And so Paul was encouraging the Philippians. It is encouraging us. And it's almost challenging us as well. What is your role in this? What are you going to do? What have I called you to do? What has God called you to do in this community to see the gospel flourish, to see the kingdom come, to see the church grow? And I just want to just leave you with that. Just thought, actually, God calls us all to be involved in this. And, uh, and he is, he's there with us. He wants to encourage us to be those that are involved in what he's doing in this community.